We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show, the latest NBA news coming your way. Make sure you are subscribing to the show on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And like this video podcast listeners following over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. If you give us that rating and review, we'd appreciate it. I'm Trevor Lane joined by Keith Smith. Keith, we've got plenty of news to dive into today. We're fully into preseason mode basketball is here let's go i love this time of year this is just a great time of year in general halloween decorations are going up we've got football (laughs) we've got playoff baseball we've got all kinds of great stuff going on right now yeah two weeks from today is like opening night in full Mm -hmm. when like everybody gets going except for two teams i believe uh they are delayed until a Thursday start. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it's awesome. It was really cool. It's always fun when you turn on, like I tend to turn on NBA game time in the morning mm-hmm. just to catch highlights of games I didn't watch. And it's fun now because it's full of games. Like, like there were so many games last night that there was a bunch of stuff. Hey, I'm going to break though and do, do just momentary non-basketball because I'm super yeah. excited. Look at this. Oh, what is that? So this is a book all about kind of how the MCU came to be. It's by Joanna Robinson, Dave Gonzalez, and Gavin Edwards. Uh, Joanna Robinson hosts uh, the House of R and used to be part of Ringiverse and Uh does some writing for the Ringer. And uh, yeah, they, they, they wrote this big book about like, the whole history of everything and like wow. uh, there's stuff in there about like casting decisions that uh, were changed and things like that. So I'm super excited to dive in. Oh, all right, cool. I, I may have to, that I may need to wait until like August to comes around <laughs> again to get to get to that. But, but yeah, that does sound like I have a really a trip. cool. Week coming up out to phoenix you need something to read on the plane yeah i'm trying to save it to read it on the plane um i i don't know if i'll make it though i this might be a like read a chapter a night before bed kind of thing um you know that that i end up getting into before then so we'll kind of see too excited to dive in too excited to dive in too excited to sleep Plenty of NBA news for us to get into today but let's start with this just came out before we before we hit record Kai Jones has been waived by the Charlotte Hornets, and we talked about him 
earlier this week, the fact that he had been posting some concerning things in social media, that he did he did post that he was requesting a trade. Um, uh, the Hornets, he has $3 million under contract for this year. It does have a team option for next year for four point. I want to say $7 million was the was the number. Obviously, the Hornets not picking that up. They're, they're going to just part ways with him. They'll eat the $3 million in salary for this season. I don't, I know, Keith, you posted on X and said that, you know, teams just can't help themselves. You know, something effective teams just keep picking these guys up. And fans asked too, could this guy help our team? Yeah, that was what I put out there was, yeah, right. fans are. And then uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic replied with whispers and coaches too. And, right. I just, yeah. I don't see anyone picking him up. I don't see it like there's yeah, something right something bigger is going on here. And I've had people that were in my mentions like suggesting what may be going on. I don't I'm not certainly not qualified to speculate, but um so there's other stuff that has to be figured out before I think we're gonna see him on a on a basketball court. Yeah, to my extremely untrained eye, I would say something's not right. Just the, the behavior yeah. is is off. Like, I don't know any other way to describe it but we've talked about it on the show before but for those who aren't up to speed he a month or so ago maybe two months ago spent a lot of time on social media kind of pumping himself up which is fine right no problem mm -hmm. with that but then he started trashing teammates and it got very specific to uh very you know called guys out by name and things they can't do on the basketball court that he believes he can do and mm -hmm. things like that. And then uh, from there, things just got even more erratic uh, with his behavior across a bunch of different forms of social media. The Hornets uh, shortly thereafter announced he wouldn't be with them to start training camp. And then he came out just a couple of days ago and said, he's requested a trade. Well, clearly there was no trade interest to $3 million. Yeah. That's something anybody could have traded for with very you know little issue and no one did so uh that says to me teams are saying get yeah, let's get you figured out first and go my hope is this doesn't spiral into something worse now that he's yeah. completely kind of outside of the team construct but yeah no, not not a not a good thing and then if we keep it just basketball wise for the hornets that draft is now really messy for them they they drafted kai jones and james booknight in that draft neither guy has shown much to this point in the league and now booknight it just came out a couple days ago that he was going to have surgery and today the team confirmed that he had surgery and would be reevaluated in four weeks so obviously he's out to start the the year and that's a knee surgery that he had so not 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 good returns from charlotte on that draft mm -hmm. to, uh, to be sure not good at all and Frankly, the public perception right now isn't great on what Charlotte did in this year's draft either. A lot of people saying they should have taken Scoot. We'll find out. And then you had the Miles Bridges situation on top of, of it. Just you know, things are pretty questionable there in Charlotte. They they've got some some work to do to get things turned around. And it's it's funny because right, you I know you listen to a lot of the same NBA podcasts I do. Mm -hmm. When well when, when we're not consuming front office show and in right. uh, uh, other uh, companies. listening pods. to ourselves, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be honest, I don't know that I've ever listened to our show back. Um, because I already kind of know what I said. So I've listened to parts of it while I'm yeah. editing it because I have sure. to because I'm editing it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're, but, you're doing sure. more work than I am after. I shut off the mic and then go babble on Twitter for hours. <laughs> on um, but 
I, I think a lot of people in these pods have been talking about, hey, are people sleeping on the Hornets a little bit? Because this was a playing team just two seasons ago. Everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong for them last year. And people are like, there's still an awful lot of talent on this team. But to me, it just feels like one of those situations where everything just seems really kind of not great. And they, they may need some form of, you know, cleanse, reset, whatever we need to call it to just get the vibes back on track because it, it, it's not good right now in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just it. It's not good right now in Charlotte uh, unless you're Michael Jordan, who is sure. ca- counting his billions. But yeah. <laughs> but yes. three billion they said his net worth Ooh. is now or yeah. something like that. So yeah, good for him. It's funny. I was asked today, just semi-related, and we're going to get into to this topic more later. But somebody said, you know, is it realistic that LeBron is going to own in an expansion team? And I said, by himself, no. Like he, he's not by himself. It, you know, nobody. He'll does. be a part of a group. Yeah. Like that. That's you know where that is at. And I said, but you got to think like like there's literally one of one has owned a team and it was Michael Jordan, you know, it, it, like that, that, that's it. And, you know, it's, it, and I'm not going to get into the whole, who's the greatest of all time between MJ and LeBron. Cause that's, you know, a discussion like we had much out later, but I think it's, it is, you know, people don't realize like as rich as some of these guys are, and don't get me wrong, they are, you know, unfathomably rich. There's like whole other levels to that, that like yes. doesn't even begin to touch. Like, you know, I, I always think about that with Steve Ballmer, where Steve Ballmer could buy like five other teams if he wanted to, before he'd even feel it, you know, and it's like, like that's, you know, a whole other different levels. So yeah, it's funny, you know, MJ is a, as much as he's MJ, like he is a you know worldwide global brand, um, because of you know what he was uh, then, and like you know there, there there's kids now I know that have that wear Jordans. They have no idea who Michael Jordan is. They just know Jordan the brand, yeah. You know, which is hmm. also tells me that's, I that's should probably scary. Yeah, I should probably finish digging the grave and just hop on in. At this <laughs> point. But it's uh you know it's it's like you know it is scary, but that's. But that's to the power of you know why he you know is a you know guy who's worth three billion dollars. Well, speaking of LeBron and, and owning a team, expansion, it's on the way. It sounds like it's gonna be I mean, there's gonna be yeah. a lot of people interested, but LeBron versus Shaq for for yeah, uh, for ownership on a team in Las Vegas. Uh Adrian Wojnarowski confirming that yes, expansion is coming after the NBA figures out their media rights deals. Um, once they get that done. Then expansion is next up. That's that's on deck. It's coming. Las Vegas and Seattle, still the two most likely spots. Of course, we're going to hear other cities that are going to get involved, and we're going to hear other names. But uh, two teams will be coming, and sounds like it's going to like Seattle and Las Vegas are are the heavy betting favorite for which two cities are going to get NBA teams. Yeah, the NBA has been very clear. They want to get back into Seattle. Um, they they as much as they may have facilitated what happened there, they, they, they didn't necessarily like it the way it played out. So I think that's a lock. And then Las Vegas. I mean, if you're a long time listener to the show one, we've been saying this for basically the life of this show mm-hmm. that like expansion is coming at some point. And then you finally had Adam silver a little bit over the pandemic kind of said, yeah, maybe we'll start looking at some of the old expansion work and, dusting it off. And then coming out of the pandemic, it was very clear CBA media rights deal. Then we're going to get into it. I'm going to say 
within a year from now, we get the we are beginning the process of expansion. And that that doesn't mean we're naming two teams and they're going to start, you know, yeah. in the 24, 25 season, nothing like that. It's because it's going to be probably a two or three year process there. But with the Las Vegas group, whoever ends up owning the team, they're going to end up working with the group that's already building an arena because I don't know how many people realize they're building a brand new arena because they're not going to share an arena with the hockey team. They're not going to play where the aces play. They're not going to play in any one of the other, you know, 10 places that you You could could be played there in Las Vegas because they, they just build these things because they build them, but they're going to build, they're they're already, it's already underway that they're building an arena. And the idea is to build the arena for, you know, an NBA team. So that's that, that it's coming, you know, and I would say it's those two cities. My big wonder is, is that where it stops? Do they say, you know what, we're the last team to the party kind of to expand, Mm -hmm. but are we going to be the first to go to more than 32? You know, are we going to make the yeah. jump into another market or two where we could kind of really own it? Maybe, you know, before the NHL gets there, maybe before any of the other big sports get, get there. I do kind of they're going to be last into Vegas. Yeah, last into Vegas, last into Seattle now, yeah. too. You know, so you, you don't want to be last in a market. And it'll be interesting. Maybe they could beat the A's there as far as you know permanent full-time you know placement Maybe. it'll be close probably not they should get there first but but it's yeah it's it's you know it's coming for sure all right let's talk a little bit about this i thought this was interesting now this is not fully fleshed out but the athletic put out an article uh joe varden put this out the nba is now saying they've got data that shows that load management does not work now, I instantly went, yeah, I need to see this this data because that flies in the face of what we've been told for years now about, about the human body, how we respond to fatigue and all of that stuff. And in, in addition to just logic, right? Logically, if you're moving differently because your muscles are fatigued and you're sore, you've been traveling, you're on a back-to-back, it seems to reason that you would be at a higher probability to suffer an injury. That That's just my own logic. Again, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but... The NBA also has a lot of reason to to say load management does not work, right? Or to hope, anyway, that load management does not work and that it's something that falls by the wayside and doesn't exist again, particularly when you're negotiating TV deals. So there's some motive here for the NBA to be on the side of, oh, it, it really doesn't work. See, look at this data. But you never know. So that's why I'm curious to actually see what does the what does this new data say? What does this look like? And interesting that this is coming out on the heels of the NBA's anti-resting policies that we've seen from this summer. Yeah, and Adam Silver, when he was asked about it, was asked, you know, what is the deal with this player participation policy? And he he said, I, he in that press conference said, we have some data that shows the you know load management isn't doing what teams think it is. It's not preventing injuries the way they want it to prevent. Guys aren't getting there healthier than they want to be. Now, though, what you've had is Joe Dumars, and I believe Evan Wash is the other one in the league office, basically coming out and saying, yeah, we have all this data that you know, backs that. Like, it really doesn't work. Now, here's my thing. Didn't show it to us. Be forthcoming. Like, show us what yes. you, you believe is here. Um, few other you know, random thoughts on this. The vast majority of players 
are they don't want to be load managed. Like they 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 want oh, to sure. play. You know, the, the, this is a team related decision. So this is really kind of in an odd way. This is almost the league and the players against the teams here in a sense yes. where, you know, a lot of players, you know, it's because every time this comes up, you get all these people, well, back in my day, you know, and these guys, and it you know, turns into the players are lazy. That's yeah, the public lazy, narrative. And that's not, and that's not the yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's not it. Right. They, 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 most of them do want to play even Kawhi Leonard, who has kind of become the poster child for all of this, because that's where the term was brought up with regularity was with him. Even he has said openly, as did the Toronto Raptors when they very famously said, Hey, we're load managing him. And guess what? For them, it did work. They won a title, but when they mm-hmm. said they were doing it, it was because he has a chronic condition. His leg thing that he has going on with the quad, it's one of those things, even when he's back with the Spurs, Spurs who aren't exactly super forthcoming about this stuff, said this is something that will have to be managed for the remainder of his career. Like it's just going to be be a thing. It's a condition. It's, it's not an injury that he needs to get over or rehab. It is a condition. And then the Raptors got him to where they got him to. And then obviously the Clippers have, taken great pains to try to make sure him and Paul George and now on the NBA side, sure. They're coming back and kind of saying uh, you did all that. And then they were both hurt anyway. Like what, what, where did this get us? So I think what we're seeing now is kind of all these things are coming together. You're a hundred percent, right? Fans complain. They turn on a national TV game and guys aren't playing right? They, they're, they're not happy as they should be, which then turns the national TV partners basically saying, what the heck did we pay for? Right. right. We gave you billions of dollars to watch, you know, uh, d- d- no offense, but Bones Highland take 25 shots tonight. Right. Like what, what is this? You know, we, we, we didn't really want to watch, you know, the team play through a Vita Zubac in the post. Like where are the stars? Let's go. And I'm just using the Clippers cause we we're already talking about them. but it's every team does some levels of this. So I fully get where this is coming from. And I think one of the things the NBA is probably going to start reminding teams to some extent is, hey, half the money goes to you as the team, half goes to the players. If you want, as I'm very fond of saying, if you want half of that watermelon instead of half of an orange or half of a grape, Mm Like, let's go. You know, I would rather have half a watermelon than a whole grape. Like, that's just the way it works. And I think what they're trying to tell them is, like, we may be at a crucial part where the TV partners may say, uh, that $10 billion you thought you might get for these media rights deals spread out across multiple companies, it might be more like seven or eight if we don't feel like what we're paying for is going to be guys getting there. They'll pay for the playoffs because guys play then. But yep. they're not going to pay for, you know, hey, give me a whole bunch of regular season games in October, November, and December when a bunch of guys may be sitting out. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to drag down ratings, of course. And that's that's a problem for, for TV yep. partners. So and uh, again, everyone loses money. Right, right, right. Yep. So the NBA in general, the entity, all everybody has incentive for players to be out there and playing. Um, again, though, we it the goal is to win a championship, right? That's that's the standard we hold players to. If a guy is a star level player, if he wins an MVP and he never wins a championship, he has to hear for the rest of your life, but you didn't do this, right? That will always be there. Talk about Charles Barkley was great, but yeah, right. So 
whatever the path to that is, that's what players are going to are going to do and that's what teams are going to do. If the NBA can prove that this doesn't help you get there as it did with with Kawhi and the Raptors, maybe load man- management does fall by the wayside. But again, I want to see this data and see exactly what what it says um and how this all fits in. Again, we, we've talked about this before too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA has a very simple solution to load management. They could fix it if they wanted to an instant. Just chop off 10 games yeah. and, then, and then no more back-to-backs. And there's no reason to rest players, but but nobody wants that because that means less revenue I, and that means again less money for everybody involved. I do wonder if we expand by two teams, which would be 82 more games coming into the league. It's I know people will be like, "How did you get to that math?" It's not it because they do play other teams, so mm-hmm. you can't just throw on you know 82 and 82. It's actually 82. Do you get to a point where if we, you know, can we start to scale back everybody else? You know, if you cut five games off of everybody else, you add that 82. What if you did go to two team, four teams, it was 164 and you cut five games off the other 30. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're coming out ahead. You know, could, could we get to a place where we do see, you know, a handful less games as we bring in? I think it's highly doubtful. Because I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is the teams are going to come back and say, all right, you cut, like you said, if you cut 10 games, you cut away five of our home games. This is what the loss is. And then they're going to show that to the players and the players are going to be like, nope, like, I I don't want to lose that. You know, I I get half that money uh, that's lost there too. So no, I don't want to cut back. But I think you're right. I do think they would be you know very well served by you know, cutting a handful of games off. And the thing is, you could still meet all your TV requirements without a doubt. It just, just games would be spread across, you know, more more often. I think you, you could even get to a place too, which I know this sucks for like the Orlandos and the Oklahoma Cities and, you know, Charlottes of the world. But maybe if you're playing, you know, more spread out, you can get your main teams on TV more often because it's, you know, it's, it's a, becomes a bigger percentage of their games that are on, you know, with that, there's all kinds of rules around how often teams can be on national TV. And then that starts the whole argument is NBA TV, national TV. Cause when it looks good, they say it is when it's, but I think we're all kind of like, eh, kind of sort of is. Then we all get, I don't know about you, but I get super aggravated because then it's like, Oh, it's an NBA TV game and I'm not guaranteed to have the commentators I want. 
Oh like, yeah, like that's, that's get, the worst. <laughs> right. That is then the it's worst. Like, oh man, like you know, and it invariably too, it's some, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but it's some uh, broadcast team that I just don't enjoy. And, yeah. and it's like, oh well, now I'm kind of stuck with them. So, um, but yeah, man, it, there's it's this is going to be a whole thing. The new uh, player participation policy. I expect at some point some team's going to say, you know what, we're just going to take the fine because this is a you know third game of four nights on a back to back, and we'll pay the fine because the fine hits the team, not the players. So it's mm-hmm. going to be very, very uh, interesting to watch how this all works over the next really course of this season because this is going to be a lot of what i think the nba is going to be pitching to tv partners of see player participation is up and ratings are up and right you know, x y and z absolutely absolutely so something certainly to keep an eye on uh clay thompson said can't see himself going anywhere else yeah he'll have some contract situations to work out maybe he even does a little hometown discount or something but i loved and this is an interview with uh, anthony slater of the athletic he talked about how rare it is for a player to spend their whole career with one team. And he, and he mentioned, he said, not even just in the NBA, but across a bunch of different sports. I think he even named like Australian rules football and stuff. Yeah, he did. Um, which, and I think that he's, he's right. Like the NBA has become more and more about player movement. I think that's a good thing. It's something that uh, frankly we've benefited from. Um, but, but because it's become so rare for a player to spend that much time with one team, their entire career with one team, there is something that becomes a little bit more special about it. And I like that that Clay is recognizing that, recognizing the opportunity that he's got there just to to finish things up with the Warriors. Yeah, and he called out Udonis Haslam with the Heat who retired Mm -hmm. after last season and how he never played anywhere else. And he's an absolute legend in Miami, even though, what, half of his career – he was, you know, very much a you know end of the bench kind of guy. Uh, there, there was a point where he was a major part of some very good Heat teams. So don't get me wrong on that. But mm-hmm. but there was a long chunk of his career where he was there. But he's a Miami institution, and and Udonis Haslam it even goes further. Other than the years he spent at the University of Florida and one year playing overseas after he came out of college. He was in Miami for his entire NBA career, entire high school career, everything. So he's an absolute legend in Miami. And that's kind of where Clay and Steph and Draymond, they're all headed that way in the Bay Area as well. And, and he talked about how Northern California is home for him. And now, and like, that's the only place he ever wants to be and mm-hmm. wants to play and his connection with the fans and all that. And I, I think it's cool, man. I, I, I don't want to see him play anywhere else either. Like I, I want to see him finish it up. It, once we get past like the 10 year mark, it's like, let's just, let's, let's just stay. Like, let's just, right. Keep, no. And I don't fault the guy. If it's like, man, like Damian Lillard, like, yeah, I, I, I need to go win a title, but like Clay's won titles. He's kind of, you know, he's achieved just about everything, you know, he could hope to achieve in his career. So yeah, let, let's, let's finish it out strong with, with one franchise. That'd be a fun thing for us to go through some at some point and just kind of go through who are some guys that we think could be, wire to wire guys with with one team because i bet the list is extremely small yeah absolutely absolutely um okay final thing we've got for today shade and sharp christian brown have their options picked up by their respective teams and uh the 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 nuggets and the and the blazers but so this is uh this is that time of year these options get picked up these guys know this is no surprise that these are picked up at all, but just this is the type of stuff that's coming out right now because teams are just 
kind of going through the motions, doing what they need to do, filling out that paperwork and, uh, and getting it done. Yeah. I've never fully understood the whole idea of waiting until the, the deadline on the ones right. that are no brainers. I mean, I, I guess there's the theory of, you know, well, what if, you know, well, what if the basket falls over on his head like uh, D'Angelo yeah. in the office and uh, <laughs> you know he's, he can't play any, that's right. anymore? Like, like man, maybe that's a theory there, but it's uh yeah, for the most part, like just get it done. Like I would be if I was like if 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 I was ever lucky enough to work in an NBA front office, I'd be the one to be like, hey, we have uh 20 days to get that done. Hey, we have 19 days. Hey, mm-hmm. we have 18 days. Like I'd right. be constantly reminding because I'd be terrified like somebody's gonna Anthony like, Carter. Yeah, or they're gonna run out of gas on the way to, you know, to to work and just forget right. to be like, hey, put in the paperwork uh, to you know pick up those options. So the thing that usually catches my eye, Christian Browns is a little bit different because I think that that a lot of times there's not even a lot of reporting on these. It's just the team releases that they did it. What always catches my eye is if is if a team has two, three, or four of these because sometimes they do. If they have a bunch and they don't do do it as a batch. They don't say, or if they do have like three and they announce two of them and not the third one, mm-hmm. that generally kind of raises my eyebrow to say, uh, maybe they're not picking up the, the third guy. So every year there's a couple guys who don't have their options picked up. Uh, Kai Jones, had he not been waived, was probably headed in that direction. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, but it's, it, it's, you're right. It's time of year for, for this stuff. Uh, we've got, roughly 12 days for rookie scale extensions to get done and veteran extensions for guys with more than one year left on their contract. There's a little bit of play in that if it's a player option or team option for that second year, but it's uh yeah. Anybody who's looking extension wise that that list gets uh, cut drastically here uh, within the next uh, 12 days. Yeah, that's right. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Certainly as we get closer and closer there, Oh boy, this is a fun time of year. So much, yeah, so is. much fun, so much going on. And um, man, I now we spend so much time just looking forward to basketball being back on the floor. Now I'm like looking forward to the regular season too, when the <laughs> yeah. games are going to really count. You know, well, Trevor, tonight the Celtics and 76ers are playing, and Jason Tatum's not playing, Jalen Brown's not playing, Joel Embiid's not playing, James Harden's not playing. So I'm a little like, all right, I'm ready. Let's just skip right. two weeks to the regular season. I'm done with this. Like I, I'm already finished. I, I want to see a handful of the guys I haven't seen yet get get out on the floor and that. But that's the reality of you know how teams kind of treat the preseason now. They're they're not going to put guys at risk you know any more than they really have to. They're they're going to only put them out there you know for for a little bit. And for the most part, most of the teams, even the best ones, they treat kind of that first month of the season through really the end of November as that's kind of our ramp up where we're, we're going to figure a lot of stuff out on the fly in the regular season. Cause guys don't your teams and players that they're not pushing a win 65, 70 games like mm-hmm. that anymore. Now it's, you know, if we can get in the high, you know, high forties, low fifties, maybe to the mid fifties, we're going to have a pretty good playoff seed and we'll feel pretty good about it. Yep. Yeah. That's what we're going to see. And, and again, that, that requires, reframing what a good team looks like in the NBA in terms of the wins and losses, because it's going to be different. It's going to be different now with, with more parity. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office, YouTube channel, of course, over on the podcast side as well. Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.